let's say if the activity of the heist is working, which is there's a sense of the heist, of the burglary, of the robbery, it's all seemingly so, meaning it, 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 it totally hinges on it that appearing to be true and false to what you are. That's the whole thing. Selfing has, doesn't have a leg to stand on unless it's given the body as itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, so let's say that's in place. So now square zero has been made into a, a what's a phony square zero. It's, let's say it's actually square three. It's something that was produced in time that's implying it was before any production. That's like selfing. That's what selfing does. Selfing presupposes the existence of a non-existent thing. That's what it does. And then it reinforces that, it infers it, it implies it in all of its activities. See, because it claims the activities of feeling, of seeing, of hearing, of tasting, of thinking, and it says it's the one that's doing those things. So it, it puts itself at the alpha point where I don't believe it's the alpha point. So, all right, so let's say that's in place. So now there, you start looking for square zero. And when you hear something that, you know, the seeker is the sort and what's looking is what you're looking for, it goes over your head because there's a very strong assumption that you know what you are and it's definitely not what you're looking for. (laughs) You're looking for something a little more... Uh, <laughs> a little more juicy than where you think you're at, yeah? So it doesn't seem that attractive to you. So now you've made another mythical square zero that you are going to try to arrive at, let's say. So now you embark on this journey. And what takes a journey, anyway? A body does, right? Spirit does a journey. Where would it go? You know what I mean? Where would it? Where was it? You know, desk, where is it? Where did it leave from, and where did it arrive at? There's no. It's not a thing, so it doesn't have spatialness and time. Yeah. <laughs> See, one thing takes time to get to another space location for the. You know, but formlessness, I don't think, plays that game. Let's say. All right, so now we embark on a journey, and it's. You know, yes, that's spiritual journey. So we're going to try to navigate our way back to where we came from, as if we ever left, which is the huge. There's so many assumptions that become like cornerstones to the to the reason why you're on the journey. That if you looked really looked at them, you would see what that doesn't make any sense at all. Like the whole idea of getting into a moment or getting more into the moment is all based on the assumption you could be out of a moment. Literally, is it? I mean, everything is a dualistic thing, like inhale, exhale. So when you move towards something, it's it's actually uh, in relation to moving away from something. So, yeah, so now you move towards. So here's the idea that you can be out of the moment, which is a totally insane idea. And yet that's in place. So now, because you believe you can be out of the moment, you want to get into the moment. And... You know, you've read some books and it seems like a vogue thing to do and yoga's whole point is trying to get into the moment and as a physicality, let's say. It's actually, yoga means union, but let's, try, let's forget about that. Union with another. That's, we want to get two perfect yoga bodies together. That's our new union. And maybe video it, you know. <laughs> so, all right, so we're, we're on the, we're, we've embarked from this mythical 
port called Paul, which is just a fantasy, really. And then, all right, now we're going to seek for, it has to be something other than Paul, or why would we be leaving Paul? You know, it has to have, we've got to give it a lot more credit than us, or if he's pointless, why am I going away to find the same old thing? So, all right, I'm going to go to the mythical port of enlightenment, you know. And enlightenment, I thought, what does it mean? You know, cessation of all suffering, I'd love to have that. You know what I mean? But part of the suffering is the idea of being the one who has suffering or the one who has pleasure. It's the one that's the real suffering. Yeah, that's... It's the cessation of the one would, would give up the idea of suffering, in a sense. Yeah, it isn't like, stop suffering for that special one. <laughs> and then I have, I'm the only one. I have, I have a greediness towards enlightenment. I want to be the only one enlightened, obviously. Or how would it be any more valuable than anyone else if they're all fucking enlightened? Why would I, why would, that wouldn't attract me. I want to be special. I want to be specially bright, more bright than anyone else, obviously. Yeah. All right, so, okay, so now I'm on the journey. And there's a lot of other people that have embarked from their own little ports, all different locations with different dress and everything. Some, and I, I like those, somewhere, but whatever. And they're moving to get to that place of enlightenment, let's say. But it's, it's sort of like the only way we can make a map of towards it is conceptualizing it. Yeah? We have to make it something so that we can arrive at it. If it wasn't anything, how would we arrive there? So, we have to make it, alright, enlightenment, or when people say the void, it sounds like a place, doesn't it? Like, the void, it sounds like a new club down south of market. The void! You know? I want to, it's, the void! <laughs> Like the even implies the void. Maybe void, void of all thes would be better, closer, you know, void of all voids. You know? Like totally inherently empty of any meaning or any concepts, anything that we could register as our higher hieroglyphics, we could read, we can't we can't get that. So alright, so now my whole journey is based on some assumptions that may not be correct. So along the way, let's say we go, we stop at little spiritual bookstores and we run into a few and we open one up and some of them will say like, hey, whatever can be perceived can't be perceiving. Well, wait a minute, so what does that mean? Whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. Right, so I can see all the chairs aren't perceiving, but then, all right, well, this is a thing. You know, I can perceive this. Yeah, but that for that isn't the one that's perceiving. Yet, the whole story of the mental state is that as this is what's perceiving, is it? You could change the word perceiving to thinking. So whatever is whatever can be thought about can't be thinking, yes? Or whatever can be heard can't be hearing. Whatever can be felt can't be feeling. Whatever can be taste can't be tasting. Whatever can be perceived can't be perceiving. It doesn't have to just be limited into perceiving. Yeah, you could expand on it. And and what would that do? It would pretty much write you out of the equation as you're comprised by the mental state, because you're meant to be seen as the doer. So you could say whatever can be perceived can't be perceiving. Whatever, whatever can be, whatever is doing can't be the doer, yes? 
or the doing, whatever. No, the doer cannot be the doing. You can always negate your your like the square zero that you believe you're leaving from. Now, what would happen if instead of never finding your your port of call, you realized the journey's bogus? You'd be closer to where you were hoping to get to just then, when all the hopes and dreams of getting there were dismissed and crashed on the rocks of negation, let's say, you were at, you'd be, you know, maybe you only need one more tumble in the water of fucking samsara to get it, where you realize, fuck, I'm what I'm looking for. Not as that which my mental state projects, but as that which is prior to the mental state's projection. Because obviously, all the mental stuff that is going on is being seen, isn't it? I mean, a lot of it. A lot of it's probably not being seen. But the only reason why it comes up into consciousness is that consciousness or con- or awareness becomes aware of it. Yeah, or you wouldn't have, you wouldn't know it. Right? The mental state would just like when you're asleep. There's no knowing that it's going on a lot of the time, but it's still going on. You're dreaming like crazy. Yeah. But there, the selfing is a little bit lax at that time, and it's difficult for it to claim that it's doing everything. When it's, and then it goes into deep sleep, and the whole gig is up. You know? But thank God, because it was never there, it can easily forget it, the deep sleep. Yeah? So when it wakes up, it's, the mental state kicks in and claims starts claiming, and then square zero is forgotten, seemingly. And then another square zero takes its place, and with that, that square zero as being the reality, everything seems logical. Yeah, I have to do and have myself into a different condition than I seem to have done and had myself into now. I want this to change. Yeah. Now, there's quick ways, ingestion of drugs and stuff like that. There's other slower ways, which we hope would have less of a, let's say, blowback or a rebound or a, some consequences. But there's basically, we want to change how we feel. Isn't it the case? Yeah. But the whole premise of wanting to change how we feel isn't really how we feel, it's who feels. The who is what's finding fault in the feeling, obviously. The who is what's saying, this isn't right. The who is what's complaining about it, in a sense. Really, the feeling is just a feeling, isn't it? It crashes on the shore of awareness and then recedes and another feeling crashes. But we're a very touchy shore. We have a lot of opinions about what waves we want to crash and, oh, that fucking wave's got too much sand and whatever, yeah? We've got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of aversion and a lot of desire, yeah, moving clinging and then, and then having to be brought, broken from the cling, clinging again. And so the, the sense of, this, of the false square makes it very logical for every other block that's fit into place. So you feel like you can do and have yourself into a state of being. Yeah, obviously. We may not say that out loud, but that's what most of us are hoping for, isn't it? And we'd love if we did something enough and had some of, and had, a, had its fruits enough, maybe it would stabilize into a new being. We would be that. We would finally galvanize all that doing and all that having, and it would actually produce a total transformation in the being that we are. But what we're calling the being is a mental activity. It isn't the being. 
The being isn't under review. It's not being. It's not renovated. It's not under renovation. It's not in a in a movement of of crescendo and culmination. It's not of time. It's not progressing. It's not eroding. It just is. Yeah. It just is. And so all these approaches have to fail because it can't be approached. Because what's looking is what you're looking for. And if you look at the experience of being awake, you know, conscious, it doesn't really exhibit a lot of thought or effort, does it? I mean, I'm not really working hard seeing right now. Yeah, it's like it's more, it's the thing that's taking the most uh, granted, really, is the oddness that I'm hearing, hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, touch. I'm more concerned about what I'm seeing, yeah, and I don't want to see it or what I'm feeling, but if the feeling and the seeing gets taken for granted, because it's so fluid and easy, you know. You're having a terrible day, you're seeing just like always. You're having a great day, you see, it's not like you get more HD. I mean, your, your response and how you interpret the perception, oh, you may give it a little more color, but the seeing is just seeing. It's never not seeing. And does it look, does it seem like it's efforting? Or does it seem like it's sweating? You know, it's just like working, you know. And does it, does it get improved by sitting with people and practicing seeing, you know, hearing, seeing, seeing, seeing? I'm going to try to feel more. Feel more. You know, yeah? Yet, and yet, then what, wouldn't that be an indication that how could you expect thought and effort to bring you back to that which exhibits no thought or effort? I've never, the, the seeing has never thought fucking about seeing. Never. It's never like, it didn't have to think itself into seeing. It didn't think itself into hearing. It's just hearing, seeing, yeah? And there's no effort in it at all, and there's no thought. Yet, from where we start, we believe thought and effort will bring us back to that which we never left. How can it? So, if you read certain things, like the famous faith mind, it has a very interesting statement, one of many, very small little treatise on Zen, that says, you can't use activity to produce stillness, that would be activity. Bingo. Wait a minute. Yeah, try to get out of that one. Yeah. You can't use, this is, maybe he's wrong, or she was wrong, but it's been lasting for thousands of years, supposedly, this fucking statement, so maybe some people have found value in it, you know what I mean? Take the newest yoga asana from 1400 years ago, or the new yoga pants, they've changed quite a lot, you know what I mean? But this has stayed pretty, pretty intact for a long, long time. Like four pages of just like someone could have written it in five minutes, you know. And it says, hey, yeah, you can't, you know, can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. So, what does that do? Doesn't it throw a wrench in the works? Does your run, can your car, your little mental car run smoothly when it hits that little pothole? I mean, mine fucking stopped. It, it just, and then the, the driver got out and left the car. 
I mean, I didn't need, I didn't have to go off a cliff. The pothole was enough. Or, you know, or when I read this, this thing in this Buddhist magazine, that I don't know if I said it last time here, because I don't know, mostly it's all golden oldies now from thousands of t- downloads, but <laughs> I was reading that, that uh, Buddhist magazine, Tricycle. Yeah, you probably know. Yeah. You know, it, yes. it was nice. It was nice. I read it like years and years ago. And so I was reading this, and they had a little one-page like uh, essay or like uh, an opinion or something. And it was an old meditation teacher, I think a Western person, and he was saying he had this phenomenon kept happening that all these old students of his, of twenty, twenty-five years of meditation, were coming up to him and say, "Hey, fucking, nothing's happened." <laughs> I just put that, closed that book. I closed the magazine and that was that. I don't separate myself from the ghost. I say, oh, thank you. You you just saved me a huge amount of time. Or like the woman I was with in the course. She was like the biggest light junkie in the whole cult that I was involved with. Vaguely, I wasn't that intimate in it. She was for five years, and she would just blow up with light. She looked like a nuclear reactor plant gone red, you know? And then she told me it didn't mean anything. So she saved me a lot of fucking time. I said, what? You know, because I was still stuck a little on demonstration then, you know, spiritual demon like Kundalini and sort of was getting your very powerful energies of people. But it's not, that's nothing either, really. You know, so I said, oh, thank you. Save me, save me a lot of fucking time. You know, five years, 25 years, this is good. Like, I'm open, I'm open. And then the biggest one was that one uh, in India. I just got one of those books from the Ramana Mahashi Ashram. You know, Ramana Mahashi. Most of them, I don't think they've come over here, some of them. But they were cool, you know. And this one had this idea that presented that Ramana had presented many times in the other writings, but I hadn't didn't have his whole library, you know. And it was this idea of the the problem is that sense of the non-existent thing, you know, the presupposing of a non-existent thing, which to me is the product of selfing. I say it in my own way. Selfing presupposes a non-existent thing as the doer, as the haver, as the thinker, as the feeler, as the hearer, as the taster. That's what selfing is. The mental process implies or presupposes, and the word presuppose is great, because suppose is supposed, but presuppose would be when the supposing happens, it presupposes the idea. So you're an afterthought, but when it completes its mission and gets the mind's attention, it's seen as before all thoughts. Now you become the thinker of the thoughts, but that's just a thought. Yeah? But the presupposing is that you're before the thought. So if you, it's sort of like I used to say it, like there's debate in the water, and then the mind rises up for consciousness, bites it, and turns into a fish. But as soon as it turns into a fish, seemingly, it feels historical. It feels like it's been a fish for a long fucking time. It just, it just came to believe it was a fish by biting on the bait, but the, when it comes to believe it's a fish, it feels like it's been a fish for a while. This is the act of presupposing. This is what selfing does. 
That's what selfing is. It's a mental activity that presupposes a someone before the activities. Very rarely does that mind see that it was that that which is being presupposed is a product of an activity. It's not the it's not the generator or the creator of the activity. It's a product of the activity. Now that's claiming itself to be prior to all activities. And actually not even that, that it's the doer of most activities we're aware of, like seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and thinking. I mean, and if it could make a good enough story, it would have said it's the one that's pumping the heart and digesting the food, but it was too absurd for those cruder organ faculties. But the subtle ones, oh yeah, I'm the thinker. I'm thinking these fucking thoughts. You can't pump your blood, you be, but you can. You believe you can do a much more subtle faculty as thinking, because it's easy. It's hard to, you know what I mean. It, you'd have to investigate. <laughs> you, there would have to be a little bit of like, you know, like curiosity. You'd have to go wait a minute. I mean, with the, the, you know, it's. Like I always used to say the joke, you know, oh, I gotta stop the talk because I forgot to digest that burrito I had three hours ago. I better go home fast because I owe on the pizza on Monday night. I've got a giant bar, jam, backlog. I'm gonna can't go out for about three weeks. I'm gonna just have to sit home and digest. Everyone laughs and laughs. Yes, but they don't they take it very seriously that they're the thinker of the thoughts. And I'm telling you, it's getting a whole lot more trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, you just get it in here. You don't watch the whole process of the food getting into the colon and out the anus. Yeah? But because the thoughts are seen as yours, you're following them fucking forever. I mean, you're even going back to when they go back 30 years ago to an imaginary event. You just keep on going. And you, all you bring back is fucking shit. Yeah? So this one little, it's like the false square zero, it's, it's, it's like the drive to embark on a journey. Everything is based on that mistake, in a sense, or that heist of having a, a presupposed non-existent thing as being the reality, and that suddenly becomes the starting point, and then from that point, this place makes fucking sense. But it's insane. It's insane. If you had, if you went out to and you wanted, let's say you were a traveling salesman, you had to travel a lot, so you needed to get a GPS. Yeah, so you go out and get a GPS, and let's say the GPS was similar to the thought system that you seem to have been saddled with. So it has a lot of fucking old maps. <laughs> So you press Tucson, the same map that you when you press San Francisco comes up, same map Hoboken, it has the same fucking map for every one of the journeys. It never succeeds, but you keep listening to it like you cherish series or whatever the name, voice of it would be. It sounds like you because it's coming from these vocal cords in what you call your body. That's the only reason why it's like a dog whistle to you. Oh, it sounds like me. <laughs> so let's go. I want to go out and have a good time. End up at 850 Bryant Police Station. I want to go out and have a good time. End up two nights later, 850 Bryant. You've got to wait a minute. Gotta question the GPS. Something's wrong with the navigational system. I want to embark on a trip to happiness and I end up getting incarcerated. 
what's going on here? But that reliance on self never allows the mind to entertain being free from it, the dilemma, because it's identified as it. You cannot entertain... If you're identified with something, when you entertain freedom, you entertain freedom for that. From, you know, as that, by that, not from that. So the distinction needs to be made, addressed, and if you... This is what the talks are basically about. You want to paint an image, because words can produce a picture, an image, that that which you take yourself to be is a foreign installment, a parasitical movement. There's tons of ways of trying to say it. But all you want to do is incite just a little bit of inch of separation from that. And as soon as the mind entertains, hey, maybe I'm not that, the next thing it can entertain is I can be free from it. Because it's as simple as that. Because it's not a thing. It's like being bonded to a chair would be sort of like a dilemma. There would be the chair, there would be me as a separate thing, and there'd be some agent to bond me to it, like a handcuff. Okay, so now I'm bonded to the chair. But I like the way they say it in the A book, which is the bondage of self, which is a different kind of bondage. It's not bondage to self, because that would give self too much credit. It would be called a thing. And then we could be bound to it. Yeah? But we're bonded, the bondage is of. In other words, we're entertaining something, there's a presupposing of something, there's an assumption of something that becomes the new square zero which everything gets interpreted from. Yeah? As the Course in Miracles says, the brain interprets to the body. What you are doesn't understand what how you, these eyes perceive. This, the messages of the body's eyes and the brain's interpretation of life do not make sense to the spirit. How could it? How could you put time more over timelessness? How could the value that can only be had, if you want to call it that, in, in this moment, how can that value be heisted and put into time? You know, where we invalidate or withhold every moment with the hopes of a bigger, better moment. Yeah, it's always a bigger, better there, which invalidates the hero in, and inevitably, whatever that there is, be it mythical, spiritual, financial, you know, relationship-wise, when we arrive there, it's a here, isn't it? It's always here. I don't know how it escapes our attention. I don't. What's the feeling of any every there you've arrived at here? There's no escape from this place. Because it's not a place we're escaping from. We can escape from this place, yeah? But what we are, where we actually are, we can never escape from. Because whatever place we go to is here. <laughs> it's never not going to be here. There couldn't, it couldn't appear as a place unless it appeared as one here. It just gets to be blue is blue and red and red. Things become obvious. It's simple. Metaphysical questions are the least... There's no need to think anything about it. Yeah. Just rest in the ordinariness. Yeah. And then you see a lot. A lot of it gets reverse engineered. You see the addiction of experience. People aren't excited about nothing. 
They aren't, unless they can make something out of it. Really, they're not. I've seen a lot of people come, they love the message, but they can't, they get bored stiff in a few months because they want to jump off a cliff. They want to have spiritual spectacle. They want to have a big experience. They want to feel like something's really happened to them to validate some fucking crazy idea when the greatest validation is none whatsoever. The I don't know. The greatest security is an insecurity. The greatest certainty is an uncertainty. Yeah? And this, no matter what you want to make it, you'll never make it an experience. It's impossible. You're not going to have an experience of it. It may frame all your experiences. It may influence your experiences because it's that which you are that's experiencing. But that which you are is never going to be made into an experience you can have. It's impossible. Yeah. It's as impossible as trying to get into a moment you can't be out of. It's as impossible as that. But see, if one gets, one gets unaddressed, tons of shenanigans can arise. Yeah, Tons of them. But I don't know. Maybe people can meditate themselves out of the meditate. I hope so. But I'll tell you, I don't think I have the, the vigilance and the, and the work ethic to fucking wait for that to happen anymore. Yeah? I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't believe you can meditate yourself out of the meditator. You know? You just don't. I don't think you can think yourself out of the thinker. I don't think you can feel yourself out of the feeling. I don't care what you fucking feel, no matter how incredible extraterrestrial it is, it'll be morphed right back into the story of you. I've, I've visited the stars. You've never fucking visited any, any star. <laughs> you know, I went to the greatest heights. No, you didn't. So do you question yourself out of it? Hmm? Do you think you can question yourself out of it, maybe? I like the self-inquiry. If there's anything, like Ramana said, that's the only way to go. I know I like Ramana. I mean, I, I like what I read about him, and I liked when I went to where he lived, and the, that cave was like a nuclear reactor he was in. So I tend to just lean more to him than, like, you know, the, the workout fitness person on TV that's a Buddhist. You know, I think I'd rather go with Ramana's statement and say, yeah, the only thing that's worth its salt is self-inquiry. But then self-inquiry has its limit too because the point is is to ask a question until that sense of being is obvious and then you rest there. Self-inquiry would be redundant. It would take you back into the mental state if you leave the being from there. Yes? The, the self-inquiry is for the mental state to negate the mental state and then the beingness becomes obvious and then you rest there. And then if you believe that which gets agitated and goes away is you, then ask, who is that? If you don't believe it's you, you don't have to ask. Yeah? But a lot of people believe they, they had an awakening and they lost it. Well, in, in that kind of mental idea, then when that mental state moves, you'll believe it's you moving, and therefore that would be a good time to ask, who is it that's moved? Yeah, and of course you realize nothing's fucking moved and after a while you may not have to ask that anymore you just realize nothing's ever moved yeah so basically now you're in the neighborhood all the time so there's no need to ask who is where's that you know what the how what who, the, 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 yeah 
It's like people in recovery. They do inventory. It's like before when we were out drinking and drugging, that's when we needed to be highly observant, and we weren't. Now, when we're pretty relaxed and free from alcohol, now everyone's super highly observant. I would think you should relax more and enjoy the freedom that recovery has brought instead of constantly going over shit, because to me that's like self trying to get out of self. It's just like another form of selfing. Yeah? Now it's got, you know, i got to go home and study all my intentions. What? You made a left turn on Heat Street. You have to really explore deeply why you made a left turn instead of right? I mean, that smacks of a little bit of, of obsession with you as being incredibly important. <laughs> You know, I think a lot of it's just, it's best to left to be undressed. Don't don't address it because it comes and goes. Yeah. So some people I have to tell them not to do any more inventory because they want to keep inventory. Why? Fucking enjoy sobriety. Relax. Yeah. It says this one thing: if you can't. If the things that you use to destroy this false sense of self are actually reinforcing it, what's what to do? And that's the question with activities, you know? The activities may be actually reinforcing that which you'd like to see through. Yes? That's the little trick. When you're trying to get out, just like if you take sign up for a two-year course on obsession with self, that could be construed as obsession with self. Yeah? <laughs> Everyone would be talking about self-fucking all day. You know what I mean? With the idea that that was getting them out of it. But to me, the biggest, quote-unquote, being in a lot of things here are the modalities of getting out of them. I think they're the biggest things of being in, I swear to God. I think the biggest in that we're in is, 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 is seen as being out here. I do. All our mechanisms to get out, I think, are bigger fucking forms of being in. Then all, all the ones, at least when you're in and you really know you're in, it, it may lead to fucking, wow, you know, collapse, but... The, the feeling like you're out of what you're in and still being in is a trickier one because now you'll defend that out. <laughs> like, be fucking pissed if anyone points it out to you. Hey, you may, you may have not left the building yet. <laughs> in other words, the building is more out than in. <laughs> it's got a little bit of in. Let's get to it. It's really hot here. <laughs> but there's a huge out. That's in. <laughs> because the presupposing of the non-existent thing will be t- investigating all the other rooms. Don't you see? I don't know. When I heard this, I read it when I was in India in like 2000 or something. This little statement. And it just floored me. I swear to God. My little yoga pants. <laughs> I was just like, what? Yes. Because it just, it suddenly like, like, let's say there was like this mental landscape of what had happened in my life, spiritually and stuff. And then this, this one little cloud this the presupposing of a non-existent thing. And then I realized everything I look back on, the cloud was always in every picture. 
It was always there. It was like Waldo in every picture. Was the presupposing of this non-existent thing. <laughs> what's 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 supposed to do? Let it crash over you. Yeah. The gig is up in a way. You're going to be disarmed. You're going to be vulnerable. You're going to fuck your spiritual pants are going to fall down. You're going to be naked. And you're going to see. Yeah. No harm's going to come from that. So here. So let's say this a sense of being this non-existent thing is in place. The new square, uh, another reference, another framing is taking the place of the original framing. Maybe we got tastes of it when we were young kids, the original framing. You know, framing that allowed a lot of wonder and awe, spontaneity, the moment was it, you know, time hadn't much play over us. Did it? I wasn't walking around my family's house thinking my room was too small or my mother was ugly because, you know, and I wasn't thinking I should have gap clothes or, you know, I'd better get a better hairdo than these crew cuts they get me every fucking year. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was, none of that was, none of the importance that came later was there. And I wasn't looking for anything, like sort of, I wasn't, like when I was playing, I wasn't worrying, will I be playing next week, you know, or I didn't go home and be uh, critique my playing. I could have been playing a lot better with Wayne today. There was a little lapse there. So he had more fun than I did. i got to fucking pay attention. Or just get rid of Wayne. <laughs> He's showing me up in the playing field here. You know, None of that was going on, was it? No. Nothing. So there was obviously, we were framed in another way. And then the mental state developed and we got sort of displaced. Yeah. We left that sort of, for me, it was very distinct. I remember to about four or so, things were brighter, yeah? Very like a golden hue in my seeing and everything. And then there was this, a discomfort came over me when I saw my mother stick her head out of a window one day and I was running around naked to the house with this neighbor and my mother yelled at me and I saw disapproval for the first time. And, that, and then the sense of self started to arise. That which was disapproved of, yeah? And then off it went down to fucking the hell from there on. <laughs> Until I had my first drink. <laughs> and then I immediately had the second one. And then, you know, I like some of my friends says, I went, when I was 13, I went into the woods. I, to drink, I came out at 36. Because <laughs> that's basically it. I had one drink, and then for 20-something years, <laughs> that was basically it. Trying to get relief from that which, that what, what, that, that false, that presupposed existence of a non-existent thing. <laughs> I wanted to get out of there. <laughs> I, I was the perfect those statements the greatest statements are all those very short little tiny ones like self can't get out of self that was the story of my life there was a drive to get out of what I wasn't but I, I firmly believe I was I wanted to get out of there you know, and I used spirituality just the same way we read science fiction the same way drugs the same way 
sex the same way. It was all basically attempting to get out of that which I was never in. How can you succeed? The only succeeding is when it fails so miserably. Yeah? You're left with, you're left like completely bereft, bankrupt, and then there's a possibility maybe. Because the only, the only true value it has is in its family, really. It shows you, you know. So, then I had read that thing in India, and, you know. My career, spiritual career, came to an end, really. I was doing so well. I was going to be a circuit speaker in recovery. I had the greatest sports step workshops in the history of AA. I would have just kept my mouth shut and not started questioning the self. I could have been a contender. But I couldn't help myself. And my career went down in flames. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I first saw you up in the marina. Uh, you're probably talking about even before that, but like, it's some place in the marina I can't remember. The, the dive back, yes. Yeah. And those rooms would be packed. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes, they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> It got out of hand. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't traditional at all. What? It wasn't traditional. Oh, I know, I know. But it was still somehow. It was holding. <laughs> it was, yeah. Then it went totally off the reservation. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me to redo the fourth step and they brought me to a place and they were filming it and I went off the reservation about 20 minutes <laughs> ruined their whole plan they, had, they were going to film the whole day and then <laughs> it went south so fast I can't help myself I mean it's hard to you know it's hard to get all the nuts and bolts lined up for an imaginary car. <laughs> I just rather point out the imaginary quality of the car, not be a mechanic. <laughs> I just think it's simple. And people get it anyway. It resonates with them. They just don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's hard not to do anything. It is. You're going to get weaned off of experience. You are. You really are. You're going to have... That's why, you know, you ever see the temples and everything where these people are doing the same thing every day? Every day? But their minds are alive. They're not, they don't... Their, their experience is just like a... It's like the background now. The foreground is the aliveness of mind. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it, it works for them to have a simple schedule and this and then walk around a lot or go in the mountains or walk around because the experience is just it's like um, the background now it's the livingness of the mind you know you can do the same thing every day and never be fucking bored yeah because it's not the same thing and it's not the same day yet it's completely the same thing in the same day in a weird way yeah? so there's like all that 
And there's no spectacle in it. See, spectacle is important, especially in our society. You notice, look at what the military has done. They've given NFL so much money where there's just, it's like a military pageant with any football game. Fucking this like guns and planes flying over. It's like, what the hell? How did these two get wed? You know, it's just mind boggling. And there's like a new religion. Militarism, is it? I mean, they're like the, you can't say anything wrong about anybody. They're like, they're like the most reliable Navy SEALs, unstoppable. They're like, they're like super people. Fuck, they're maybe fucking crazy. Yeah. This is sort of like, a, I don't know, man. It's just, you disappear here. You, you, you evacuate, not, as a, not in a big fucking disaster movie. You just sort of disappear. It's almost like standing and then a slow fog comes... And then you and the fog, you can't see which is which. You, know? you, get, you just get weaned off of a lot of things. You really get pared down and economized. You got the one radio station, K-Paul, that's playing very low. You haven't updated its box. It's just fucking, you know, like in a tin can. And it's like, it's narration. It's like, it's like sitting at home when, in the 30s when people were listening to those people. It's like narrating 2015 from 1971. <laughs> and uh, Paul was, what? It's like fucking, it's so archaic and so off the beat. It's just mind-boggling. It's like unbelievable. When I work with people now in, uh, in, in recovery, I just say, listen, do a daily, just do a, a bare bone inventory. Just write down what you did for the day. Just what you did. Like you woke up at 8, had coffee, took a shower, went to work, went to lunch, it's that, yeah? And then do it for a week or so. And then hope, then get a sense of while that was happening, now you look at it, you had a pretty full day, really, if you look at it. Now try to picture the narration while you were going about that day. Was it even close to what actually was happening? The narration? <laughs> was it even, like, really? Was it even in this ballpark? No. It's so far out. Yeah. How does this get, how does it get by? How does this happen all day? How could our value system which in when we were a kid was rooted pretty much in, in wisdom, which was now, the value of now, whatever, get displaced into this moment is just meant to be used to move to a bigger, better moment. And if, or just reflect on the good old days. Yeah, yeah. When did that happen? When did these things become dominant? It's just like a mass displacement. It's just a story that has, it's, it, it, will, it will collapse with the most cursory amount of investigation without asking anything, just looking, just seeing, you know. Just see, just entertain, just go in and go, all right, entertain the thought system. What does it value? Does it value now? No, it doesn't, does it? Why, then why would it be thinking so much of yesterday and tomorrow if it valued now? If the thought system really valued now, it would give up its activity. There would be no thought. You know, very little. You'd have thought about how to get to the job, you know, buy this, wear the keys. 
And when that, when that activity was over, it would recede into silence. And then you would just be present, yeah? But does it happen? For most people? Most people, their head is constantly jammed with thoughts of yesterday and tomorrow. They, you know, just demanding attention to some imaginary event or situation. Yes? So, all right. So, what does, what does the thought... How does the thought system see you? When you're thought about, what does it trigger? It triggers a picture of you as a body, yeah? doesn't it? So when I'm thought about <coughs> in the system, the thought system, it pictures me as a body. And a picture's worth more than a thousand words. I mean, and that picture keeps getting generated over and over again because of our devotion and worship with thoughts. We worship the thoughts to such a point that we call them ours. Yeah? And those thoughts now, they picture us constantly now as a body by being thought about as a body yesterday and tomorrow. That's not rocket science. You could sit for five minutes and see that. Couldn't you? If you looked at it, you could just sit there and see the system. See the, the GPS. See if it's... And then look at the maps, really. And maybe look under the map and see the year the map was, you know, 1971. So when it downloads a map for how you need, what you need to do right now, Paul, just look and see 1964? It's 1971. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's, let's go. I've been subscribing every year. Where are the new maps? You know what I mean? Well, I, need, I need some new direction here. <laughs> Do you need a book, 900 pages on consciousness? Aren't you conscious? Don't, can't you investigate it yourself? I don't mean invest, I mean sense it, can't you? What's on? Doesn't, what, you want to just call onness? As moving through a body, it produces an onness, right? The I am, yeah? That sense of I am, which seems to be undeniable. You can deny a lot of things, but you can't seem to deny that you're not on. Can you? It's an oddness. So the I am is that. Yeah. So the I am comes from sensing that as a, moving through a body. Yeah. So I am. Yeah. All right. It's all right. So then, then why are we basing our lives based on I think I am? Where? When did the thought become precedent to the I am? Yeah. When is it, see, people go, I think, I think all day. Don't they? They go, I think I'm, I'm, you know, I think you're fucking with me. I think it's going to be a really bad day. I think, I think, I think, I think I met the one. I think, I think, I think, yes? And then the I think makes the I am. So I am flipped out. I am anxious. I am fucked. I am great. All of these adjectives, but none of them become stone because the I am isn't really the I am. It, it's I think. The I think assumes it's, it's, it's solid, but it isn't. Yeah? It isn't. But the I am, never pronounced, except by its own oneness, yeah? Never reinforced, never presupposed, never inferred, never assumed, 
never thought about, never felt, never experienced, yet it's all there is. How has that been displaced to where it's located in our lives now as a topic of maybe some curiosity or as a calling in life for some? Or as a past, oh, I remember when I was into that back then, but now I've become more serious, you know, I've got this and I've had that, whatever. You know, all different things. But when has it become like a topic that can generate a lot of interest or very little interest to the I think? Yeah, because I think about that. I think about what I am, which is the fucking worst position to ever be in. <laughs> really? But you can sense the I am, can't you? We sense it since we were kids. It's that incessant oddness. I haven't found anything that precedes it. Yeah? I haven't found anything. If I go back as far as I can with seeing, all there is is seeing. If I go back as far as I can with sound, all there is is what's hearing the sound which is seen, yeah? I never, there's nothing there that can be seen. Yeah? That which is seen can never be seen, ever. Yeah? Well, then, then isn't that the freedom instead of looking for that? It's just being right here, right now. I mean, which yeah. you can't get out of, but it's really just like we're sitting here, we're listening to you. Exactly. You know, I... I, I Seven thirty or eight thirty rolls around. I'm on my way home, and I'm either going to have an uninterrupted. Well, that's a presupposition. <laughs> <laughs> that it's you on your way home. Well, and, but let's just say you're here. So I'm here. Yeah. 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 Let that be your starting point, and then let's see. Maybe you'll have a different information. Maybe the the GPS is needing to know. Yeah. It's a very light functioning. It's a very small iCloud with very little data. It's just you know what you need to know when you need to know it. <laughs> very economical. It doesn't have 8,000 maps. It comes up with something right at hand. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I was in the pool walking, you know, with the, for my knee. <coughs> I was walking. And then I started walking like, you know, when you, when you see those professional... Uh, skaters, you know, speed skating, we do that little move. So I just started doing that move, which puts a little more weight on the, the thighs, you know, the weight, m muscles. I didn't think at all. It just so the body started doing it. And here we go. <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't say, I'm going to go and do that. I had no, never thought about it. It just, I suddenly, the body was like this. And this is what it's like. You realize that which thought was in the front seat is in the in the back seat. It's like when you used to go to relatives' parties when you were a kid. You had really very little to say with anything. You were just sitting in the back near the window, yeah, looking out. Well, that's what it's like. Yeah. Well, whatever. Find what precedes everything and then see if anything proceeds that. If not, that's where to put the ball down. The run's over, yeah? Something else picks the ball up and runs with it from there. 
You'll be moved to do something or you won't be moved to do something. You know, all the doing amounts to what? At the end of the day, like an etch sketch, the day may be 80 years, will be erased. And that sense of onness will just always be available that maybe not as a sense anymore, you know, just beyond this. Beyond this. Yeah. Why not? It's like, work, let it work on you as, as this. Like, stay on the operating table. Don't get up. Don't play doctor. See what happens. You know, you'll be put to use some way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. like the drink. I was attached to the getting out of whatever that nothing. Just the moment. Like there's no drama, there's no stress, nothing to run away from or towards. It's just we're together, we're together, and we're not, we're not. And all of a sudden I have my mind is taking that to mean something or other. And before the other relationship was nothing but just, you know, it was just struggle, 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 struggle. And and all of a sudden, it was that bliss, that kind of peace of mind, the no drama, was just the exciting thing, the newness of it. And all of a sudden, the newness has gone away, and it's just pleasant and easy and fun. And boring. <laughs> right. And so, it's like, I've got to find that exciting thing. That's exactly what it is. But whatever, wherever you are... The head will say something contrary. Yeah. So if you leave, it says you should have stayed. If you stay, you should leave. Yeah, and the practice is no, there's no validity. It just wants to get your attention. Yeah, but that's been the, the, the beautiful thing. It's like you're saying when you're in the pool, it's just the one thing I did different was I didn't espouse all this love when I was feeling all these crazy feelings. And now I'm not running. <laughs> I'm just sitting in and saying, all right, well, let's see where this goes. Yeah. 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 You know the word abstinence in AA? Uh-huh. Abstinence is a big word, you know, not drinking or using yeah. at all. So abstinence is, is sort of, uh, it's a lot more than an activity against something, you know. You know what I mean? It's got its own space. So you could abstain, there'll be an abstinence of thoughts, you know, abstinence of feelings, not meaning... There's no feelings, no thoughts. There are, but there'll be an abstaining from them in a certain way as the thinker and as the feeler. Uh-huh. Yes? So you'll be abstaining from the presupposed thinker and feeler, not the thoughts. So feelings and thoughts can come and go. So like some lay more rain than others. You know, some uh-huh. just fake like they're going to rain and they don't and it's just they move on. Yeah? So the abstinence is a space unto itself. It's a very, very cool space where you're abstaining. 
not, and it's not like the value is in what's being abstained from, but the abstinence itself mm-hmm. is a space. Yeah. You know what I mean? You abstain, and you can abs- there's, a, there's a space of abstinence with thoughts and feelings and everything like that, and it's not a, directed at the thoughts, but as the thinker and as the feeler. That's what you abstain from. Yeah, which allows it takes a lot of the weight off of thoughts and feelings because the weight doesn't come from the feelings. The thoughts comes from they're my feelings and my thoughts, or they're about me. Yes, that's extracted. That's abstained from because it's an addition. It is. It's an activity. Yeah, you have to believe in. So if that's abstained, then see how things go, and then abstinence will beget more abstinence. You can rest in it because it's like a living space. It's not just a. It's not like an, an activity you do. Like, I'm, a, I'm, ab, I'm abstinent. Uh, you know, I'm practicing abstinence. That's not what I'm talking about. It's a space. You know, there's an abstaining or a, like a pause has become powerful. You mm-hmm. just paused, and things are coming and going, and there's less traffic. Usually, less, a lot less. Yeah, mostly the day the sky is dominantly clear and empty, but and the, the, the clouds come in and the thoughts come in and the feelings come in, but and they don't leave a trace. They never have, mm-hmm. and but they don't even leave a tail because the tail is usually you trying to keep their form in place. You know, <laughs> you know, there's not much of a tail, so they just move, 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 and then that's a very well, that's a nice space if you ever get it. You know. That if you get familiar, if you get introduced to that, fall into that. If you believe you can do anything, I don't think you can do anything. It's more like a leaning. Although it's not a choice, you just sort of lean into it. Yeah. Let's explore what this is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can enter, you know, and then you'll enjoy peace of mind. And you'll know serenity, understand peace, and all those things will come to you with no thought or effort. They'll just reveal themselves. Yeah, and they'll that, be germinated in yeah. that space, and they'll they'll come to germination, and you can get a sense of what it means to you to be, let's say, surrendered, or or what peace means to you, and it'll have a lot of sense feltness to it. You'll have a real sense of it, you know, not as if it's one fit thing fits all. I don't know what peace would be like for others, yeah. but you get a sense of what it's like. Yeah. In this this event, yeah, yeah, and honor it, honor that, yeah. honor the gifts and the grace and the gratitude. Because especially in recovery, you can see when people leave after years of being in AA, they have sometimes a really rough road as an action figure. Shit really hits the fan on a lot of levels, and they can't seem to get. Uh, they believe they, they're, they've lost c- contact. I don't believe that. I just believe the uh, the antenna's not pointed in a certain way, you know. The cell thing has bent the antenna once again. So you're just picking up K-Paul, yeah. or K-Wendy, or K-Steve. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, that's that.